So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, welcome back uh, to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer, and today my guest is Ben Baggy. Ben is a physical therapist and owner of ProKinetics uh, Physical Therapy, and uh, Ben was a guest back on about two years ago, pre-pandemic. I think it's episode, I have it loaded up here, episode 124. Um, but what we're going to do, so you don't have to necessarily go back and listen to that. We're going to catch you up uh, from where Ben is, where he was. Um, Ben's got a very unique story, and um, he's crushing it in his business. So, uh, Ben, thanks for being here on the show. I appreciate uh, you taking your time out of your day to spend with us. So Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate having me. Um, last one was super fun, so I'm ready to dive in, in yeah. today, too. So. Awesome. Well, Let's just briefly, let me recap for everyone and you can, we can fill in a little gaps, but Ben uh, is one of those people who, um, as a PT student, uh, was told you shouldn't own a, you shouldn't open a, a practice, especially a cash practice for like some arbitrary number of probably five years, which is the same arbitrary number I was told. Um, but now Ben has a clinic um, that has three locations, Oakland, San Diego and Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I don't know. I don't know Ben's books, but you're doing uh, really well. Uh, what, like a million dollars a year or something like that? Um, yeah, we just last... wrapped up our last wrapped up our last yeah third year um, in yeah. business in November, and yeah, uh, just across uh, that. So been Hell pretty yeah, excited. So yeah, that's awesome. Because I remember we last talked. You were on pace to do a million, but you weren't quite there, and you were doing like seventy, eighty thousand dollars a month, which is just an it's an incredible journey in that you know, the obstacles you probably faced, uh, but also the fact that you kind of put your head down and, and did the work and made it work out. So I guess the, let's lead. The first question is when you were in PT school, did you know you wanted to start a practice or did you have a different like goal or intention for your career? Yeah. Um, it was really after my first clinic rotation and just seeing high volumes of patients and general LP to, um, outpatient orthopedics. I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't do this. Um, so I was like, there has to be another avenue. Otherwise I don't think this is going, I don't know if I'll finish PT school. Um, mm -hmm. cause that's not what I want to do. Um, and I was like, I was really desperate. So I was like, you know, I, I spent so much time trying to get into PT school and going through the um, prerequisites and all that, and have gone through, you know, um, first semester of PT school, which is always the hardest. And as I got through so, so much hard stuff, like I really don't want to have to you know, throw that all away. So I started kind of diving deeper into different other avenues um, for PTs. And uh, I think it was actually your podcast, uh, which was yeah. awesome that I'm on, on it now. Um, that really opened the door for me. And I think it's my, yeah, towards the end of my first year in PT school, um, I started attending some of your free webinars and, and really just started soaking up all the information that I possibly could. And so I think through definitely the entire last year of PT school and the second year um, of PT school, that's where I really just absorbed and just dug deep into listening as many of your podcasts as I could, um, other people in the spaces, podcasts, um, free webinars, um, just really, I have a, I, I still have a notebook, um, but I had a notebook full of <laughs> notes um, of things. And that's really what uh, got me you know, started really quickly right out of yeah. PT school. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let me hit the ground, ground running. So yeah, to answer your question, long story short, 
I knew right after towards the end of uh, first year PT school that this route, uh, cash-based PT, um, is, is the way I wanted to go. Right. Awesome. And then you, you went and you moved to Oakland. Were you, did you go to school in California or? Yeah. So I went to PT yeah. school in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. And okay. so always didn't want to do cash-based and I, but at the same time, I also wanted to travel and I was like, I don't know if how, how you can really match those two. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll pay off some student loans. Let's do some traveling PT. I, I originally wanted to, I applied for a couple uh, PT schools out in, in California and I didn't get in. And um, I was like, I always wanted to kind of see if that'd be an area I'd, I'd enjoy living. Mm -hmm. And so took a traveling contract, uh, trying to get into San Diego, like every other um, PT does that does traveling. And, and of course, because of a new grad, they can be selective and they wanted to, every clinic wanted two years of experience. So I had my California license, like, well, you got your California license. We've got this opening in the Bay Area. It's 13 weeks. We'll get some experience and see if we can reapply. So went out to Oakland right out of uh, PT school and, um, yeah, got into outpatient um, orthopedics. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, I always knew I wanted to do, I always knew I wanted to do cash-based PT. And I was like, I, was, I saw it's like 20 patients a day, 100 patients over a week that first week. And so I took my first paycheck and I literally applied it to opening a um, a business uh, license and liability and all that too. And I um, was like, well, we'll see what works and what doesn't work. And I'll take whatever I learn and apply it back to Iowa because I was going to want to eventually return um, back to Iowa. So yeah. um, that was kind of my story right out of PT school. Dude, that's awesome. And so over the course of that that year, you you built a practice, you built like a six-figure practice just like right out of school, like within that first year, I think, right? Yeah, we did. I think you did about 130,000, 135,000 yeah. in that, yeah. in that first year. That's awesome. If you were thinking, if you were looking back at that, just that beginning stage, was there one thing that you did? Or I mean, I don't know if there's one or two. Th I mean, I know there's a lot of things you did. But is there one thing looking back that you would say, hey, I did this. And this was like the big catalyst to me finding success versus you know, if, if I had to do it again, I would do something different. Like, is there like one thing you can look back as like th that you can pinpoint? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a couple different things. Um, first is just like being obsessed about it. Um, mm -hmm. like I had, you know, absorbed so much information over the second and third year of PT school and really just was immersed in it. Um, and second would be like mindset. Um, mindset is, is huge. And, uh, a lot of people are undervaluing themselves and what they charge and, and whatnot. And it was starting to impact and when you do that, long story short, it also impacts the quality of patient care too. So um, that was a big thing was the mindset. I had two years of listening to your podcast and listening to other people in the space that I felt I knew what I was worth. And so I was already charging premium prices um, right from the get-go uh, when I started. And that's really looking back at it. Um, that was huge uh, for me. And just being able to hit the, the milestones I did in my first year was actually truly charging uh, what I was, what I was worth and the changes that I was creating for people, um, yeah. and, and the lives of my patients. So that's awesome. Dude, crushing it. So, but I'll play devil's advocate. Um, but you're only a new grad. How, how are you worth anything more than like, let's say a copay? Like where, where does that come from? How do you, how do you figure out what you're worth? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of times people, a lot of people struggle with this. Um, and I had so many thank th thankfully I had, you know, even though you didn't know me, Aaron, yeah, I had you in my corner because I had, I was able to listen to your podcast. I was listening to other people that were telling me that, hey, you're worth this, and this is what you can, uh, what you can charge. And a lot of people don't have that because um, on the other end of the spectrum, most people 
yeah, don't have somebody else in the corner. They have their professors, their classmates, their family, their friends. I'm telling you that cash, cash base doesn't work. It won't work. You can't, you're a new grad. You can't be charging premium price. You need, yeah, five years experience and whatnot. Um, so I was able to ignore that, but I think a lot of people get caught up in that and that what's, it's what holds people back from, um, from opening, um, their practice. So I, because I was able to listen to podcasts and listen to go to attend your webinars and, and all the other, um, content as well, that allowed me to kind of, uh, silence the other noise that was mm-hmm. getting, um, in the other direction and whatnot. And, um, there was a, I think there was a post and one of the Facebook groups, um, for a physical therapist and, uh, somebody had posted that, I uh, say the same thing, like, Hey, you can't be charging premium prices as a new grad. And I played devil's advocate to that is like, Hey, go look at our Google reviews, the reviews that I got in the first year and two being as a new grad, and you'll see a common thread. Um, most of the patients that we worked with have failed other physical therapy before where they, I guarantee they had been treated by senior physical therapists that had much years, much more years of experience than I had. Right. Um, so I was like, that's where I was like, really able to just hone in on what I was worth. I'm like, Hey, I solved this problem for somebody when they had been dealing with it for years, months, years, decades, and mm-hmm. has seen so many other practitioners, um, MRIs, injection, surgery, um, multiple failed, you know, health practitioners, if they could have just seen me first and I would have been able to save them a lot, help a lot more money and, and, uh, got them results that they're, they're looking forward to. So that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you didn't help them because you have a orthopedic certification specialty, like the, your yeah. OCS or any of that stuff. Oh. You know, right. What do you think it is that like, how are you able to help some of these people when they weren't able to be helped elsewhere? Yeah. I mean, it's a couple of different things. Um, you know, people like with regards to how the healthcare system is, uh, where it's based on volume, uh, physical therapists, just how it's structured with insurance and stuff. And, um, and mills and whatnot, you just don't have time with patients. You can't actually listen, uh, right. to patients. So, um, I like to say I'm maybe slightly above average when it comes to physical therapy skills. Um, but I will kind of toot my own horn that I do a really good job of, of listening to patients and listening to their stories and helping people that haven't felt like they've been heard by X amount number of health practitioners before me. They actually feel like they're heard. And so we get more buy-in from people and they're much more, they're much more committed and they're much more likely to do their home exercise program. And then also on top of it, I get an hour, I get an hour with a patient. Um, I can really break down their movement inefficiencies and, and what get to the root issue of things because I simply have time uh, with, with the patients. Also the background of my CSCS. So that helps and kind of sports background, which helps me help other people that don't know how to coach deadlift or coach a squad or looking at running mechanics and all that too. So that's kind of also another thing that allows me to help other people that uh, they, when, when they may have other filled other PT in the past. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's the time, but it's the listening and helping people feel heard. Right. Because you can go to the physician's office and say, Hey, I heard here. And they're like, okay, great. Here's the thing. And five minutes later, you're like, they're gone. And I have five other questions, (laughs) you know, um, is there like a, something you do in one of your initial evaluations or assessments or a question you ask that you think is kind of one of the keys to getting in alignment with our patients and getting them to understand, like understand that we hear them and we know where the problem is. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite questions is I tell them like, Hey, because a lot of people, when you ask this question, they will, the, the patients will try and tell you something that they want you to hear. Mm-hmm. And so what I asked was like, 
what would a successful outcome look like for you? And what would you like my help ultimately accomplishing? And um, I preframed like, hey, as a physical therapist, I have my goals for you. But honestly, what's most important is what do you as a patient want to accomplish? Because mm-hmm. if you don't add that in there, they'll be like, well, I want to restore range of motion. I want to improve my strength. Because they think that's what you want here as a physical therapist, right? But it's so much deeper than that. They want to get back to being able to play with their kids. They want to be able to run again um, because it's impacting their stress levels. And they're stressed out because they can't run. Um, and they're taking that stress back home to their family and their family and impacting their relationships. Like it's so much deeper than that. So um, really just digging deeper into like how it's impacted them outside of just pain. I'm just yeah. really not, um, I help people, I don't solve, I don't solve uh, pain. Yes, I will help. Uh, that's the, one of the first phases, obviously want to decrease your pain, but I really want to fix this root issue and then also make sure that you're able to get not just back to the activities that you want to be getting back to, but perform, per, like increase your performance to get you back to doing things that you've kind of, or other practitioners may have told you like haven't been possible. So that's kind of one of my favorite questions, like asking truly what are their goals and not taking surface level, but diving deeper into what's truly, truly motivating, motivating them as well to get them, get to know them better too. Yeah. That's super important. So you've got, uh, you've got a practice, you're a new grad, you're doing really well for yourself. Um, what, you know, like fast forward a year, like you're, you're a year into business, what kind of, um, like roadblocks or limiters, what kind of things were you coming up? Like challenges were you hitting that uh, you're like, okay, Aaron, I need to do something different with my practice. Like what was happening in your practice? You know, what was it? Let's say September, October, kind of like right before uh, you joined the Platinum Mastermind. I know that you were doing really well. A lot of people were like, hey, I want that, but you weren't satisfied. There was something else that you wanted. What was happening then? Yeah. So I think right before I reached out to you, I had I had a full caseload. I've seen like 25 to 30 patients, patients a week. And, but I was working like 60, 70, even sometimes 80 hours a week because I was also responsible for answering the phone calls, returning phone calls, scheduling, marketing, sales, um, you know, treating on top of that. And then also on top of it, trying to move the needle in my business with regards to learning uh, new strategies, tactics and stuff, and then also implementing. So it stacks up really fast. Even if you're only seeing 25 or 30 patients a week, there's so much more outside of that. And I really kind of felt like I just had created a job for myself, essentially, because mm-hmm. uh, I was having to do everything. So I knew I wasn't able to sustain this, um, you know, for a long period of time, if this was going to continue to go on. And I felt stuck because I knew I, knew I was going back and forth and like hiring. Um, what decisions, What? how do I, cro- I need to adopt, you know, I cross my T's, dot my eyes, to make sure I'm doing everything correctly. And I just didn't really know, you know, how to go about doing that. And so, and there's a lot of other things I wanted to establish systems. And I just kind of met my limit with regards to like all the free content that I was able to absorb. And I just was stuck because there wasn't anything else that I felt like I could implement that I hadn't already absorbed. And I was like, hey, Aaron, can you get me, Aaron, can you get me this far? And uh, in a year with uh, the free stuff and never talking to him in person, I can only imagine what, how much he'd be able to help me, you know, in person and and going through his mastermind. So I hopped on a phone call, call with you and, and um, yeah, and then you solved those problems uh, and more yeah. for me too. So, Dude, awesome. Um, so it was that you were, so you got to the point where basically you were so busy that you really had no time for anything else other than trying to figure out all the systems and treat the patients and answer the phone calls and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I didn't want to risk burnout um, yeah. either. I wasn't getting that point. Cause like I enjoyed it so much. Like I honestly love the business side of things just yeah. as much as, as I was treat as treating patients and whatnot. So I was able to get through it and deal with it longer than most people can. But um, yeah, it was just kind of reached yeah. that point of being scared. Like, Hey, 
will will burn out and kind of start kicking in. What were you, and this was pre-pandemic, so like, you know, what were you missing out on? Like I could say like now, if it was last month, I'd say you might be missing out on a lot of obvious things, but like, what were you missing out on? Like, what weren't you able to do with your business or in your life um, that uh, made you want to solve this problem? Yeah. I mean, it was just like, I didn't know anybody in the, in the Bay area when I moved out there, it's positive and negative uh, with it because like, like I didn't have a whole bunch of friends or family out there. And so I wasn't distracted. But at the same time, it was really hard for me to to make friends because I was so I was so busy and consumed, and I couldn't because every the business relied on me 100 to do everything. It is really hard to go back and see my family, see my friends back in Iowa, um, and then also just like the aspects of you know I was I was 20, 25, 26, you know, and seeing all your other friends, you know, going out and and you know having a good time, going out on the weekends, you know, spending time with their significant others and stuff like that. So I wasn't able to kind of have you know, not a life, but I wasn't able to enjoy a lot of things that I could, I saw my friends being able to enjoy because I was so bogged down with, um, with my, with my practice. Yeah. So what were, what were the first, um, like one or two changes that you made that, uh, freed up your time and allowed you to really start growing your business to where it is today? Yeah, I think it was two things. Um, one was documenting the systems, like documenting everything that I, that I was doing on a daily basis and looking at what can I offload? What are things that I don't enjoy doing? And also what are things that I can offload? And those are the first two things that you should, that you should try and offload to, to somebody's things that maybe you're not good at and you don't enjoy it and you can offload, get rid of those as soon as possible and offload those to, to somebody that can do just give a job, maybe an even better job than you. Um, so um, yeah, so it's mainly, is mainly establishing the systems and writing those down and documenting them. And then also was hiring and uh, starting delegating a lot of things. So hiring a physical therapist and then hiring a front desk and, and all that too, to help with patient care and also help with uh, uh, scheduling and rescheduling and, and uh, any answering phone calls and yeah. stuff like that. So that was the biggest, biggest change was, was hiring. And yeah. establishing what was the, systems. what was the first hire that you made? Was it admin or PT? Yeah. So it's actually PT. Um, I go, a lot of people go back and forth on which one you should hire. And I think you can make an argument for, for both. Um, I do looking back, I'm glad I went throughout that. I did, um, personally, but, um, yeah, I hired on a, a physical therapist first and they started part-time and then ramped them up to, to full-time. Mm-hmm. And bringing on another physical therapist, what did that allow, like, what did that allow you to do more of? Was it see more patients or was it, uh, what, what things did you offload to them? Yeah, I really started just seeing my passion for how much I truly love the business side of things. Um, I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. I can help so many more people now too. Um, Because I was was capped at like 25 or 30 patients. I really could not see that more than that a week. And I had a wait list. And it's like, there's so many more people that need my help that I can't help because I'm not doing my job of scaling this business and getting it. So we moved this cap of 25 or 30 patients a week. So being bring on a PT allowed me to allowed us to be able to see more patients and help more patients and yeah, help people get people to help that they, that they needed were wanting. So um, yeah, it allowed me to decrease the amount of patient care hours I was doing, I was doing so I could focus on the business side of things to make sure that I was taking care of the physical therapists I brought on, make sure that they're happy establishing systems and making sure that the patients were also happy with the new PT's care as well. Make sure that the standard that I had set carried on to, you know, the, the next physical therapist, the first yeah. physical therapist I brought on. When you were hiring, did you look for someone that like was a new grad, was experienced, was trained in certain things, or did you look for something else and 
you know, train them up in different, you know, strategies that you're using it. How did, how does that work? And yeah. what were you looking for? Yeah. So I brought another new grad on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, honestly to this, to this day, most of the, the uh, best physical therapists I brought on are green as can be They're They're eager. They are really to dive in. They're ready to dive in. They haven't been a lot of the times. If you spend I'm, crap, I look back and I'm like, if I spent two or three years in outpatient orthopedics, well, first, I don't even know if I would have been able to do it. Um, you know, I've seen that volume of patients, a lot of, a lot of PTs when they've been in that environment for so long, they're burnt out, you know? And so it's hard to actually find a physical therapist that's been in the general orthopedic outpatient setting that isn't burnt out. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the, yeah, physical therapists that are new grads are eager. They're eager to, um, really just kind of dive in and, and start making impacts. And so, um, yeah, I went with uh, a new grad and, and it was, it's to this day, uh, he's, he's been awesome. And honestly, I wouldn't be where I'm at if I wouldn't have brought him on too. So yeah. it really worked out. Uh, yeah. He's a new grad. Right? Yeah. So. That's amazing. That's amazing. And then, um, I think you, you, you went on and hired a couple more, uh, therapists before you hired an admin, I think. Right. Didn't, I mean, it, yeah. if I remember yeah. correctly. Yep. Yep. I hired, and that's one thing that I would probably do differently is mm -hmm. bring on a front desk after that first, that first PT hire. Yeah. Um, and whatnot but i the bottleneck is when new communicating value um over the phone call a lot of people are losing a lot of uh patients because they can't effectively communicate why it's actually more beneficial for them to forego their insurance mm -hmm. and work with us and so um that was one thing i was really really good at was communicating our value and why it's actually more beneficial for the patient and so i i held on to that too long yeah. um, that is probably my biggest mistake um throughout the last three years of being in business is holding on to that that uh front desk and the that onboarding the onboarding phone calls and, and answering phone calls too long so if i would go back i'd probably yeah bring on the pta but then bring on a front desk because mm -hmm. yeah it got to be it got to be a lot so oh that's interesting how does that conversation go like what like what's the magic that you're able to to deliver in that conversation um when patients call like is there a specific question they're asking or something you're saying or how does how does that work just briefly or like where's what's the what's the magic that ben didn't want to let go of <laughs> yeah so it was really again just like listening and asking like the right questions and figuring out like how is this impacting impact them and and not just in their everyday life but um you know in their their ability to exercise and get the stress relief and mm -hmm. how it's impacting their relationship with their family and and how long it's been going on for and you know what who else have they seen uh and just their there's their journey of since this injury happened what have they tried? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Um, what they're looking for and and what they want to get back to. And yeah. um, just really diving deep and again, not taking surface value uh, answers um, to your questions. Like, yeah, I want to get pain-free. Like, well, Ms. Smith, you know, if you can get you pain-free, what are the first things that you get back to be do doing? Mm -hmm. Now, what are you unable to do with your everyday life? And then also, it sounds like you're pretty active. You know, how's this impacting your ability to, to exercise and work out and move? And then you get into like people telling like about their family history. Yeah. I'm starting to have knee pain and my, um, my mom had knee replacement and she's been really immobile since. And I really don't want to end up like that. Cause I want to be active for life. Right. That's much more powerful. If you can solve that, tell people you can solve that problem for them than just solving pain. Right. right? So, um, they, they see how much that's impacting a family member and they don't want, they want to be there for their kids. They want to stay active as their kids get older too. So it's really not taking surface level answers, um, uh, for face value and, and right. digging deeper into what's really, truly motivating them. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because there's a lot of things that can solve our pain and air quotes, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, we can get yeah. it solved at REI, CVS, um, the chiropractor down the street, 
massage therapist, a lot of, you know, the, of course the surgery can fix it, right? There's a lot of solutions for that, but there's not a lot of solutions for what really matters to people because no one asks. Am I getting yep. that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just really uh, asking questions that other people haven't and truly just showing people that you care, mm -hmm. um, that you generally care. And that's the thing too, is when I hop on a phone call, my, like whenever like I've hop on a phone call or my front desk does, our job isn't to just schedule anybody and everybody. We tell people right at the beginning of the phone call, like, Hey, before we get you scheduled, we want to make sure that we absolutely hundred percent can help you. Um, if we can't, we'll send you, we've got a lot of other resources in the area that can help you. Right. So it's also not, you shouldn't be just get scheduling anybody and everybody. You should generally believe that you can help them before getting them scheduled. If we don't feel like we can help them, we point them in a different direction. It's not like, Oh yeah, we can't help you. Good luck. You know, we, st we make sure we continue to follow up with people, um, to, we give them resources and we check in with them a week. Like, Hey, were you able to get scheduled? Did you feel like it was the right fit? If not, we'll continue to help you find, you know, a place that is the right fit. So it's truly just being invested and truly caring about people, um, is, is, uh, is a big thing versus, uh, typical, uh, clinics when you call them, Hey, what's your name, date of birth and insurance, you know, like that doesn't matter. Like treat people as humans care about people, know. you know, it's so backwards, um, in, in traditional healthcare now. So yeah, it makes me want to throw up. You know, they're like, my, my birth date and insurance information is more important than like actually what's going on, you know, right. to make sure that we can help. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> you know? Um, okay. So you've got a, you've got a clinic, you've got multiple, uh, a couple therapists, um, working for you. Um, okay. Fast forward, you opened a clinic in San Diego. Like what was in San Diego? Like, what did you have to do to like open another location? And Ben, don't you know, like uh scaling a cash practice is impossible right like yeah. no one does that yeah, yeah. Right? well part of it i mean i'd be lying if part of it wasn't the reason i opened the San Diego in des moines wasn't just to prove people wrong that you can't scale a cash-based practice uh definitely played a factor into things but uh anyways um it was more of it wasn't really planned honestly um one of my physical therapists that was working for me in oakland um uh his uh, they had to move uh, I believe his fiance, um, now wife, got a position in San Diego, so he had to move. And uh, I told him when, he, when I first started, and I tell every single physical therapist that starts, I'm like, disclaimer, when you work for Prokinetics and go out, out of network, you will not be able to work at an in-network clinic again. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. And he thought I was joking. Um, and he... <laughs> And he got, he, he was, he was getting ready to move. And when he's like, he called me, he's like, Ben, I don't, I, you're right. <laughs> I can't. Um, I, I love broken ice. I, I love what we're doing here. And I'd love to be able to do the same thing in San Diego. Would you be open to me uh, opening a location there? And I was like, yeah, why not? So um, I, he was, he moved down there and then I flew and met up with them and stayed there for about, I believe it was seven to 10 days. And mm -hmm. me and him, we hopped in the car and we started going around to different gyms. And uh, beforehand, we, before I flew out, we made an Excel spreadsheet of all these different gyms in there that we thought would be good fits and just went around. And, uh, by the end of the third day, we had three or four gyms that were pretty much like that wanted us in there. And so we got to pick which one we yeah. wanted to be in and we found a really, really good fit. Um, and so flew down there for seven days, open location and, um, and, and we're doing, we're doing well. I think he's got, um, he's getting close to, he's getting close to, to full time. He's around between 15 and 20 patients a week right now. So yeah. it's been, Wow. That's kind of got a story on, on San Diego. It wasn't exactly planned, but yeah, um, that, that's awesome. Did you go, cause you had taken, um, didn't you go down, did you go to LA and spend some time there? 
and yep. consider opening up. I think we had had a conversation you were considering opening up there. But so yeah. I've always been confused. Like lately, I've been like, wait a minute, I thought it was LA, but it says San Diego. Like I've been confused, but it was because yes. Nima moved to San Diego, but you had been in LA. I had been in LA before that because I moved down to LA because I was essentially, I was hands off with regards to business. I didn't physically have to be there. And I knew I wanted to eventually go back to Iowa. But again, I remember when I was uh, a new grad, I always wanted to go to Southern California, LA or San Diego. And I just still had not something got in the way again. You know, I started practice and I was like, I still want to go down there and kind of experience it. And so I went down there and stayed there for about two or three months and just to see if I'd, I'd like it. And it was just like, it was the middle of pandemic. So everything was closed. And I was like, and there was no one in sight. And so I was like, I don't really want to just stay here and wait for this to, for things to start opening up. It was really just like seeing patients coming home and that was it. Like I really didn't really get to see if I, I liked it or not. So I ended up just um, kind of scratching and like, it's, it's time to go, go back home um, to Iowa and, uh, and be closer to friends and family. So, yeah. So, but you spent, do you spend two months in LA? Yep. Two months. Okay. So you spent two months in LA away from your practice in Oakland. Yeah. So what did it was you... nice. It was a good tester too. Yeah. Before I went to, it's kind of also a test to see, hey, how are things going to go if I move back to Iowa without yeah. already, you know, committing fully committing to going back. So and it worked really well. Yeah. So yeah, that's great because you just told me before we started recording that like it was seven months. You were spent seven months when you were, hadn't been back to Oakland until recently. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it went back. Yeah, I just got back about a week ago. I'm in Des Moines now, but um, yeah. I wasn't in, in the Bay Area um, about a week ago. And yeah, I hadn't been there for about. I think seven, seven or eight months. Yeah, that's um, incredible. So, so what has to, if you want to be able to do that, because I know there are people listening who have a, have had a practice for years, but they're busy working in it and it's like they can't get away from it. Like, like say you want to go to the beach for a month. Like what has to be in place? Like what had to happen for you to be able to do that and come back and it not crumble and fall without you there? Yeah, I mean, it's a couple of different things. I mean, definitely shout out to like everybody, that, like the, the staff that I have in, and back in Oakland, um, they, they're awesome. Um, and a lot of it's due to the hiring process that they, that they go through to make sure that they're the right fits. And every physical therapist is very self-manageable. They're, they're awesome. I can't say enough about uh, the staff I have there. And um, front desk is, is awesome too. And, and um, yeah, so it's really the staff having the right pieces in there and the play, um, and then also the systems, right? Uh, if you can have the right people, but if you don't have, give them the system or things to follow, it's going to fall apart. So you can't have one without the other and have it and be successful with that. You have to have the systems. You have to also have the right people. And so um, starts kind of blind with having the right people and the right systems. And it went back to documenting um, the systems like you told me to when I first started working with you. Um, and that allowed me to allow me to do that. So. Yeah, that's incredible. And then so now you're back in Iowa. And um, did you like when you moved back to start your practice, like did you start treating patients or did you just kind of build it from scratch and, you know, find someone else to treat patients for you? How did, how did that work out? And what, yeah, what good question there. Yeah. So, um, I knew from experience from Oakland and, uh, from primarily Oakland that like, if I want to grow the business, I can't be treating patients. And it's not like, Oh, I'm completely hands off in Oakland. Like I don't have to do anything. No, it's still, there's still a lot of high, high touch points, um, with the staff every day in Oakland multiple times. Um, so it's not like hands off and, completely hands off or anything like that. I don't want to get the illusion to that. But um, with, with Des Moines, it's like, hey, if I want to grow this as quickly as possible, I can't be treating patients. So mm -hmm. um, what I did is I actually put an Indeed help um, in Des Moines um, before I even moved back. I was looking for a physical therapist. 
Um, so I'd have a pool of applicants to, to pull from. And uh, so I got back, moved to Des Moines and started just going to local gyms and networking um, and, uh, and whatnot, just so that'd be in place. So we'd start doing workshops and stuff uh, once I found the right, right fit and uh, found it like, uh, one, like one of the best employees um, so far. Um, and uh, for the Des Moines location, he's been a godsend for, for me and, um, and uh, brought him on and he's, he's done awesome. Um, not just, he's also helping with managing the Oakland and, um, San Diego locations. We ramp up, um, Des Moines here as well. So actually I brought another new grad, completely fresh green, new grad. Uh, I never had another job and just graduated a few months ago, um, before, before coming on. So, yeah, that's going to have to be a requirement. Like if you've worked more than a year, like you're probably not a good fit. (laughs) I'm laughing at the people who told me it wasn't possible. (laughs) That's so great. I hope they listen to this. Um, I mean, I could just end the podcast right there, but there's more. To, <laughs> there's more I want to talk about, dude. That's so awesome. I'm super stoked and proud of you. And I think that um, I don't know. I just think that that's uh, that's awesome. And like, I would I'd be lying to you to tell, if if I told you that it wasn't because people told me I couldn't do it. That that's why we're here. But um, right. So okay. Let's see. I think if we looking back, like you didn't do something that was impossible. You just did something that you wanted to do. Like where did the idea come from? Like, was it that you wanted to build a business or was it, Hey, I want to be in Iowa and I need to have something sustainable. And I mean, was there, was, how did it enter your head that like, you know what, I can actually do this. Yeah. So the big thing was like, I really didn't have a choice. If I wanted to go, I, I knew I wanted to go back to, to Iowa eventually um, and be close to our friends, family, especially like down the road and starting family and, and stuff like that. I want to be, you know, in Iowa and close to friends and family. So um, I knew I couldn't, I had to do something where it was self-sustainable with the practice in Oakland. It had to be self-sustainable. I had to bring on the right staff, right systems and whatnot. Otherwise that wasn't going to last if I went back to Iowa, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I wanted my, if I wanted to have a successful practice in Oakland, I couldn't leave um, until I had the systems and whatnot. So that's kind of held hostage to a certain extent. But yeah. um, that was really the thing is I did not want to scrap everything, all the success I had um, with uh, with the practice in, in Oakland, and, and really got to be a big part of the community and whatnot. And I had a lot of uh, relationships with uh, coaches, trainers, and gym owners there, and I really didn't want to let them down either, um, yeah. or the people, or my current and past patients as well that need my help, and future patients that I knew need my help in that area um, too. So, I was like, I kind of don't just owe it to myself, but also people um, in that community in that area to you know make make this work. And so that's where I was kind of at when I reached out to you too. Was um, it's like, hey, I need to be able to make this work so I can move back to back to Iowa and be closer to friends and family. Yeah. What do you, what do you like more about Iowa than California? <laughs> uh, we, we actually get a quite a few patients that on our website, we have three locations in like San Diego, Oakland, and Des Moines, but it's like, why Des Moines? Des Moines. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's always fun talking to talk to patients about that. So, but um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously like right now we had a heat wave we're at 35 degrees today. It was like zero degrees a few days ago. So yeah. Paz was there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really just friends and family. Obviously the beach is nice and the, 70 degree weather is, is nice too, back in, in San Diego and California and whatnot. But, um, you know, I can't put a price and, and, uh, value on being closer to friends and family too. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Well, I lived in the Bay Area. It's uh, hardly ever warm there. Even in Oakland, it's like, it yeah. can be hot some days, but it's like 50 degrees and wet a majority of the year. Yeah. It's not like it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's San Diego. Yeah, that's where people get the false illusion that it's like super sunny and, right. and whatnot. It's not yeah. the case. In, in I also moved Bay back Area. to North Carolina. I lived in Bay Area. If, if someone's listening and don't know, I lived there for almost 10 years. And, you know, it's great, but where I'm at, family, friends, like quality of life, different things. I mean, there's a lot more that I can do where I'm at right now like bigger impact in my community even are you um are you guys uh let's see how long has the oakland i mean the iowa business been open at this point we've been open um i think we saw our first patient somewhere in may april or may um of 2021 yeah 2021 yeah yeah so what are we looking at like eight months yeah a little about seven or eight months Dude, don't you know there's like a pandemic going on and people don't want to leave the house and go to physical therapy? Yeah, I mean we've grown like honestly the most growth that we've had is actually during during the pandemic. Yeah, um, with things too. So it's yeah, people still need need our help and and uh, even more so now. So yeah, what was it that? What if anything changed um, from before the pandemic to now, like that you're doing either in your business, uh, in your marketing, in you know, you know, I don't know, the sales system, like what's changed in the last, you know, 20 months to two years and, and how's that helped you guys continue to move forward and grow? Yeah. It goes back again to kind of mindset. Um, it was a huge gut check, huge yeah. gut check. Um, I remember when it was, it was pulling, especially in the Bay area, the highest, I think we were the first area to lock down and lock down the hardest throughout the pandemic. And there were so many hoops to jump through. And then we got through it and I'm like, if we can get through that, you know, as a new business and a new practice, we can truly get through, through anything. Mm-hmm. So it was really just mindset throughout that, that initial gut check, like, holy crap, we can do this. We're fine. Um, and we can continue to serve and help people and whatnot. So after that, it was kind of a, a switch in mindset, just knowing like, Hey, we can do this. Um, so really just go, the nice thing is we, during those first two weeks of lockdown, we had quite a few patients. We didn't lose a, a, too many patients. Um, last switched to telehealth and they eventually came in person, um, back in person down the road. Um, but the big thing was like, uh, what we found to be working was people finding us online. So many people mm-hmm. were finding us online. And so, and it was because of our views and the stories that patients have told um, about how we changed their lives that that really made a big difference. So we doubled down on that um, because yeah. we couldn't do workshops. That was the thing when lockdown happened. We couldn't do workshops. Um, we were, we switched to virtual. I was doing like three or four workshops virtually a week. <laughs> it was so much, but we were still able to do workshops, but it's, it, it's harder to connect with people in, in virtually. But long story short, we doubled down on, Hey, making sure that patients are, that we're getting a great result, that the patients that are coming in, we need to make sure that they're telling their story so other people can find us and get the help that they need mm-hmm. um, as well. So that was a big thing. We doubled down on uh, the online, people finding us online and and making sure that patients were yeah telling their stories about their results and, and whatnot. Then we also did switch to uh, Facebook ads. Facebook mm-hmm. ads also kept us float um, for a good two or three months uh, at the beginning of the pandemic um, where a lot of people... Um, a lot of people didn't know that physical therapy clinics were still open. Right. And so the Facebook ads kind of helped reach those people that needed our help, but one didn't know we could help them and two didn't know we were still open. So that was also another, another avenue yeah. that, that we found that we still have to to this day that, that helps us too. So, yeah. 
Wow, that's interesting. Um, so it was workshops, and then when you couldn't do them in person, you did some online, but it was more of um, it was the really the testimonials and some Facebook ads that really kind of uh, kind of push. I would say push the needle or. or or kind of kept you moving without like, and kept you guys growing without taking a hit during COVID, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And think about we had like the word of mouth referrals too, you know, yeah. um, and people send their friends and family um, mm -hmm. as well. So that, that was big for us as well. It was just the word of mouth uh, referrals. If, and, so. if there was one of those strategies that you were like, I got to pick one of the three, like Facebook ads, uh, what is it like word of mouth or, you know, workshops? And, and people finding us online. People finding online. One. So there's four. I, is there one of them that's, that brings in the most people or one of them that if you only had to do one, you would do one? It's tough. Uh, it's definitely between word of mouth referrals and also people finding us online. Um, yeah. People finding us online is more consistent with word of mouth referrals. You kind of go through ebbs and flows a little bit. And so that can kind of, I mean, same thing with online, but it's not as drastic. Um, you can go through droughts with referrals and really big spikes too. Uh, people finding us online is, is more consistent. Um, so I would probably say people finding us online. Mm -hmm. um, but the two biggest ways that people find us and uh, get the help that they need is, is word of mouth referrals and um, yeah. finding us online. When And when you say people find you online, is that they see your Google review or Yelp review or are they landing on your website? Yeah, Google, they're searching like physical therapy near me or physical therapy in Oakland or they're, yeah, they're going searching for physical therapy on Yelp and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So. so let's say specifically i don't know how big how big is des moines like a couple hundred thousand people uh, it's about it's about two hundred thousand about half okay. the size of oakland right oakland is like half a million people and mm -hmm. six miles away is another half a million people in san francisco mm -hmm. and eight miles away is san diego it's a big I, I tried to open i opened a business and tried to market one there is not that easy when you have that many people right mm -hmm. um san diego as well like especially if you look and say physical therapist and you click on Oakland, there's gonna be a lot of names that pop up. How, especially in like a large uh, area, are you guys able to kind of get your business to stand out through either your Google uh, reviews, Yelp reviews, or, you know, your website and web presence? Yeah, there are a couple of different things on that. Um, well, if you search physical therapy in Oakland, uh, we're usually top three uh, because mm -hmm. of the, the our rating and the number of shared volume that we have of, of reviews. Um, second is our reviews are different. Uh, they're not all five-star reviews are the same. Uh, if you look at our five-star reviews compared to the clinic down the street, you'll see a vast difference. You'll see reviews of other, um, of other clinics where it says great service, excellent PT, knowledgeable PTs, um, highly recommend. You know, maybe like a quick blurb, like very generic. Uh, the reviews that you see on our website or on our reviews are people telling stories, um, mm -hmm. like how, how, how this first happened, uh, what they're having difficulty doing, what their what the reservations were of starting physical therapy, um, what they would say to somebody that like what they would say to somebody that uh, is concerned about should I be doing PT, how their life has changed after working with us. You'll usually see like paragraphs um, our reviews, and and that speaks to people. Uh, more than just, you know, generic right. uh, reviews that you see elsewhere. So that's one way we do definitely stand out. And then also our website uh, too. It really is very specific. It's not like, oh, heal your back pain or heal your pain. Like it's not, we really actually don't use the word physical therapy a whole lot uh, when we're doing our marketing and and uh, and and sales um, because that's not what people are, are buying. They're not purchasing physical therapy. They're buying solutions. But if you just focus your marketing on pain, you know, everything else that the next, clinic is down the street 
you're going to, you're going to blend in. You're just going to be a commodity. So our website definitely speaks to our ideal. We know our niche very well. We know the pain points that our patients are having and, and why they're struggling to get the help that they need elsewhere and how we're the solution for them. So our website does a good job of communicating and knowing our niche. Yeah. Awesome. And I know like I've, I've checked it out recently. Like you've made a lot of changes and done a lot of work on your website since, you know, a couple of years ago. So, um, yeah, it's definitely like, I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Like, like I can see that, you know, that's a, that's a big one for you. And it, and it looks the part, you know, it doesn't look the part. It, like I can tell, like the way it yep. speaks to me, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, but let's say, I mean, websites are one thing or the other, but I think like the testimonies and reviews are really important. Um, and you mentioned that, you know, people like share their story and, and, you know, what their problems were and why they were maybe even skeptical to come to see you. How do you get them to do that? Is that something you're like specifically asking them for? Are they doing this on their own? Um, is there something that, uh, you say to them to like cultivate more reviews and testimonials? Yeah. So, um, during the eval, I learned this from you, um, is, uh, we, we pre-frame from the beginning, like, Hey, the only thing we ask in return uh if we get you back to x y and z mm -hmm. is that you that you tell your story so other people uh see your story resonate with your story and get the help that they need um mm -hmm. as well and this is really powerful um too is because a lot of the patients as i kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast have been dealing with this these this pain chronically uh or they've seen multiple practitioners and i'm like we want that you telling your story it helps other people just like you maybe in their first like few months of in pain and going down this rabbit hole of trying to find the right practitioner. I'm sure you wish you probably would have found uh, us before uh, and found somebody else that had been successful with your same injury by you telling your story. It helps those people avoid the years of pain that you had and the frustration of find, not finding the right practitioner. So mm -hmm. we state like, Hey, the only thing we ask is when you get back to X, Y, and Z that you leave a the review, leave a review for us. I mean, that's really, really powerful. It's just setting the tone um, at the beginning and setting expectations like, Hey, yeah. um, this, is, this is how you can help, not just us, but help other people get the help they need as well. And then um, towards that, and then we just kind of keep mentioning that throughout. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of times patients bring that up. Hey, I'd love to bring that, leave that review for you. Um, so we like, we tell, we're like, Hey, we, I know it's kind of hard. Sometimes I know what to like, what to put in review. So we just, we send them an email with like, Hey, here's some questions that may help you, uh, figure out what, what you want to say by asking questions like, Hey, how is this impacting you before you came and saw us? Um, what are you, what are you able to do now that you weren't able to, what would you tell somebody that was hesitant to, um, what were your, yeah, re your reservations, uh, to start at the beginning and what would you tell somebody that uh, was pretty, that that's in your that was in your shoes as well, and what you'd like to hear there? So um, we kind of give them some prompts. I'm like, hey, you can use this if you want to, um, but a lot of people that helps uh, kind of formulate their thoughts and and uh, kind of tell their story. Yeah, dude, that's super powerful. That's so amazing. Yeah, that's like, I, I think it's that people people would they would do it. They've just never been asked right? They've just never yep. been asked and they just need to know that, that that's what you want, not just because you want it, but because it can help someone else in there who is yep. in their shoes and stuck like where they were, right? Yep. You always ask on phone calls like, hey, how'd you hear about us and why do you feel like we're the right fit for you? Yeah. And uh, so many people are like, hey, your reviews. And uh, mm -hmm. we always bring that up too. Like, hey, Ms. Smith, I know you found us through reviews and, and uh, somebody telling their story. We want you yeah. to be able to help the next person and uh, down, uh, down the road too. That needs your help. So, Awesome. What, um, Ben, what's next for you? What do the next three to five years look like? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, really, I, I'm happy with the three locations right now. Uh, we want to continue to grow and scale um, the newer locations that we have and make sure that we're, we're capitalizing on that before 
uh, potentially expanding. Um, big thing is, big thing for me is making sure that as we scale, the quality of care does not decrease and we continue to uphold uh, the ProConnect standards. Just like when I first brought on my first physical therapist, I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest things was making sure that patients were being taken care of and getting the results that they were looking for and had a positive experience. And we don't want that to become a watered down, um, watered down process. And so that's going to be one thing that uh, we want to make sure that we continue to uphold as, as we grow and scale is making sure that patients are getting the same quality of care as when I for very first started um, and the energy that I put into my very first handful of patients that those same patients are getting the same care um, as well. So that's the big thing is optimizing the current locations we have and, and, um, and reaching people in these communities and before we kind of expand potentially into other markets and, and uh, whatnot too. So that's awesome. And you're also spending some of your time helping other physical therapists with their marketing and ads and, and that kind of stuff. Can you just share a little bit about what you're doing and um, who you're helping in that regard? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, over at clinical marker uh, with Jordan and Max, um, uh, they, they've done, like I said, they kept us kind of afloat uh, at the beginning of the pandemic with regards to Facebook ads. And uh, I've seen what they can do, uh, what they did for me. And I want other people to be able to get the help that they need um, as well. And so Jordan and Max actually brought me on with regards to, they're getting a lot of people that were opting into the ads and people were having success with that. But the follow-up process and the way that they communicate with patients and building value uh, was decreasing the results that people were getting uh they knew their program could be that much more successful if they had uh, somebody that was in the trenches and had a uh, proven system on how to effectively communicate with patients and, and build value and make sure that they're the right fit. So they brought me on to help out with, with that. And so mm-hmm. um, I do help other practices and clinic owners with regards to Facebook ads and, and uh, making sure that that first phone call and the patient experience is, is what it should be. And um, just kind of helping the other people grow their, grow their practice because I truly believe that cash-based PT is the way of the future. And it's what not only do us as clinicians deserve, um, but our patients deserve uh, the standard of care that, that we're doing as well. So uh, the more people I can uh, help through helping other clinicians build their practice, that means more people that I can reach and that I can help, not directly, but um, secondarily, because of the success that the clinic owner is having from, from my help as well. Yeah, that's awesome. If there was one nugget, like if someone's like, I'm thinking of work using Facebook ads, or I've tried Facebook ads and they, they didn't work. Like, is there, from your perspective, is there one thing people need to make sure that they have before they run ads or the one thing people don't have that causes their ads to not work the way they expect? Yeah. The main thing is you can't just have faith. You can't just solely rely on Facebook ads. Uh, it's like, you want to have multiple streams. Like you should be doing workshops. You should be doing getting out the community. You should be doing all these other things, not just relying on Facebook ads. Um, yes, they will help you grow and scale, but you need to make sure that you're doing these other things um, too. Cause just like, like referrals and people find us online, there's dips, there's um, you know, highs and lows with that too. And the more that you can, more streams of new patients that are finding you, uh, the more consistent everything is going to be. So make sure don't just rely on Facebook ads. They're great, but you don't want that to be the sole, sole thing. Second B is um, not knowing how to speak to your ideal uh, patient. A lot of people hire an agency to do these ads for them. The agency doesn't know who your ideal patient is and how to speak to them. So that the not only is it more expensive to get every single lead, but also you're not getting the the people that are the best fit for your practice and and return and and on the flip side of that you can't help those people as much too so you're getting less leads and you're also getting lower quality uh, leads of the people that you that you help um too so you need to make that's the great thing about how jordan max um structure the ads is is uh, helping you kind of walk you through the process on how to structure and word these facebook ads and give you templates 
um, mm-hmm. to do that. And then also secondarily is, is making sure that you're able to communicate the value and, and why somebody, why it's actually more beneficial for somebody to forgo their insurance and, and work with you too. So that's really a low hanging fruit. I see most people uh, get hung up on is yeah. not being able to communicate the value and, and not giving the, all the information that the patient needs to make the best decision for them. Right. Right. No, that's absolutely important. Um, before we, uh, finish up, is there anything that, uh, I didn't ask you about that you think would be important to share? Discuss? Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that since I've been kind of getting more into the, um, coaching space is I'm finding that, and this is, and I can't, I can't bash people because I had the same, I had somewhat of the same mindset before. It's like, before I hired you, it's like, it's like another, you know, another expense. Um, but I had somebody recently reach out to me, a, a classmate of mine that, uh, asked like, Hey, should I, you know, hire a business coach? And I, I said, yeah. And like, well, how much, you know, is it, is it usually like, Oh my gosh, that's like my rent. And I was like, well, you know, it's, it's a really backwards way of thinking because it's an investment. Uh, they're like, well, are you happy? You, you know, you invested in business, business coach. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like I can only imagine where I'd be at if I didn't. Um, like Aaron, you've helped me so much with regards to avoiding pitfalls. Um, I would not have the practice I do if it wasn't for you, um, honestly. And so, um, it's, uh, looking back and looking at business, hiring business coach and investing in, in yourself, it's an investment, it's not an expense. And so that's why I tell people, if you really want to, uh, really go all in on, on cash base and grow your practice, you need to make sure that you're having somebody in your corner, um, to help, help you avoid the pitfalls that, that you're otherwise going to fall into and, it's actually going to allow you to grow your practice and less headaches. And overall, it's just a much more positive experience, not just from the, the business side of things, but also um, in your personal life um, as well. It's gonna it's gonna kind of bleed into that and and help you there as well. So, uh, big thing is if you're if you're debating on you know hiring a hiring a coach, uh, make sure that you kind of take it as an approach that it's an investment, and it's mm-hmm. actually going you're going to lose more money. Then what the investment is is if you don't hire a business coach is kind of the best way best yeah. way to put it so that's kind of my only only other tidbit um as well so no that's important i think that's great and and uh thank you um but i think that it's it is it's uh there's this shift that happens and like i can tell you like i don't know when it happened for me but it was you know like i look at things and go that's going to take too much time like that's not even worth my time anymore because i know that you know my time and my money is not as important as my time and the mm-hmm. investment in my coaching saves me a ton of time it exactly. saves me decision fatigue like i could just ask yeah. my coach like here's my here's my choice what do you think and he's like choose that one or this is what i think he's like yeah that's right and i just don't have to like worry about making the decision yeah. i can just like get through those fa- things faster exactly. Exactly. um awesome ben if if someone wants to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing, um, or even just internet stalk you a little bit, like what's the best place for them to, uh, find you online or connect? Yeah. I mean, the best way is probably through Instagram. Um, so Dr. Uh, period, uh, Ben Boggy, uh, B is a boy, A is an apple, G is a girl, G is a girl, E, um, you can message me through there. Um, you can also, um, you can also check out our website as well. If you've got any patients that, that need our help in, uh, Oakland, San Diego or Des Moines, um, feel free to, uh, message me directly uh, through Instagram, and uh, happy to see if we can help. And then also, yeah, you can check out our website and and send our website as well um, for people that need our help. So um, I think that'll be probably in the call notes. Yeah. But it's www.prokineticsrehab.com. Uh, so feel free to check us out there. And um, yeah, that's that's probably the two best ways to to uh, get hold of me there too. Dude, that's awesome. Um, well, thank you for uh, 
thank you for being here today. Um, for anyone listening, if you want to learn more about Ben, uh, check out his uh, websites. We'll put it in the show notes. Ben's also was a speaker at PT BizCon last year, and he'll be speaking there again this year. So um, Ben's going to have a chance to go uh, dive deeper into uh, some of the growth business growth strategies that uh, he's been using. So um, look out for announcements about that coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and uh, Ben, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you, and uh, you're doing some amazing work. And uh, I do I, the future is like big for you, and uh, so keep going big. And uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Aaron, and thanks for all that you do for the PT profession as well. So yeah, pr- uh, super grateful to be on here. So yeah, absolutely appreciate that. And uh, for uh, Dr. Ben Boggy and Dr. Aaron LeBauer, this is the Cash PD Lunch Hour, and we'll see you on the next show. Um, Go big or go home because this is the year it's going to happen for you. See you guys later. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K dot com and we get your copy give me a shout out somewhere on social media and we'll talk to you soon